Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, so welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And after Future Ready Conference, which you can still access some of the sessions online if you're interested in doubling back. It was a tremendous learning experience and one that we actually did a three series podcast on regarding some of the topics that were covered there. One topic that stood out to me in particular uh, was a conversation that I had with Chris Hefner and Sarah Churchill regarding school librarians. And so I was excited uh, that the two of them agreed to bring that conversation into this podcast format. And so we're going to explore that in a little bit more depth and detail here today. And so certainly want to say uh, thank you and welcome to both Sarah and Chris and give each of them an opportunity to introduce themselves. And so Chris, if you would, for people that aren't familiar with you, can you kind of give your backstory and education? Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me today, Andrew. Like you said, I'm Chris Hefner. I'm the director of libraries for Lincoln Public Schools. And gosh, I think I might be in my 24th year of librarianship these days, which makes me feel pretty old. Uh, I started off as many, many librarians do as a classroom teacher. I taught first grade and second grade. And then I got my school librarian endorsement, which allowed me to serve as a, as a school librarian. I first served in elementary schools. I was at Riley Elementary and Rousseau and Randolph. And then I moved to Park Middle School, where I learned I loved middle schoolers and teaching in the library there. After that, I became the coordinator of library services uh, for Lincoln, and, and I spent some time buying databases and seeking out multicultural titles and doing fun work like that. And then for the past four years, I have served as the director. In addition to that, I've had the pleasure to work with Sarah Churchill as an adjunct professor at the university uh, where I taught young adult lit. And that's me in a nutshell. Well, and tell that you uh, certainly bring a wealth of knowledge and experiences to your current role. And obviously, you've collaborated a number of times with Sarah Churchill. And so, Sarah, could you give you a little bit of your background uh, in education as well? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having us on today to talk about school librarianship. We're obviously very passionate about it. My path is very similar to Chris's. I started out teaching junior high and high school English, speech, drama, and journalism, and did that for several years. And then I came to UNO as a graduate assistant, and I worked on my school library endorsement and my instructional technology leadership endorsement. I spent almost 15 years as a school librarian um, at the elementary level, and I started teaching part-time for UNO in about 2006. And in 2017, I graduated with my doctorate and started working full-time for UNO. And just recently, I became the coordinator for the school library program and the instructional technology leadership programs there. So I get to work with fabulous school librarians, educators, technology teachers every single day. Well, and so no surprise then here in both of your backstories uh, that you both are so well-versed in 
school librarians and the role that they take on and then what we'll just refer to as maybe a digital age, which is very different from the time when I grew up, for example, and, and going to school. Coincidentally, one of my best friends to this day, his dad is a school librarian at the school that I went to. Uh, and I know that his day-to-day -day was very much uh, shuffling through card catalog, putting books away, uh, making sure we had the right newspapers and magazines ordered and that those subscriptions came in so we could get our hands on those copies. And wow, how much has changed from that time to today. And, and I speak from personal experience in the sense of getting a chance to work with and learn from Teresa Gosnell, who is a great colleague of mine at Westside uh, and was a great supporter of all things that we were doing in the classroom uh, and also technology and, and a number of other facets with which she served teachers. Uh, and so I got a big heart for this work and I was so excited that the two of you were willing to take some time to talk us through, yeah, what does that look like today, right? School librarians in today's high schools and middle schools and elementaries, uh, how is that different from what uh, we as adults maybe think of when we think fondly of those uh, school librarians of our, our childhood? Well, Andrew, you know, a lot of people have those fond memories of their librarians growing up and we love that. We love that they have a soft spot for librarians. And part of our work as contemporary librarians is helping them shift that understanding that um, librarianship has changed a lot in the last few decades. And our librarians are, while they, they do connect kids to books and they do check out books with students, that is not their most important work. Our librarians are first and foremost teachers. And that is what they've trained to do. Uh, that is what they've gone to school for and got an additional endorsement in order to really do that well. They're teachers. And uh, they teach students how to use information really well. That's what their job is. And so when you say use information, can you kind of break that down? I guess, like, what does that, what does that look like to teach someone about, let's say, information literacy, for example? Well, in terms of information literacy, we start with students as young as kindergartners. And we teach them to, first of all, understand when they need to look for information. When is that appropriate? And then we teach them how to do it, how to find information, how to use both print books and computers to locate uh, information. We talk to them about what makes information reliable, what makes it trustworthy. We teach them to think critically about the information that they see in print and online uh, and to make value judgments about it. Then again, from very early on, we teach them how to, how do you organize information to answer questions and to do real research. And then finally, we, we teach kids how to take what they've learned and to synthesize that, right? We teach them how to put it together to create something new and something that is authentic to them and to their own understanding of the world. And so there are a whole lot of steps in teaching kids to be really strong users of information. And that's really at the core of the librarian's work. So no surprise then too that, as you mentioned, teachers first, because what you just described there is truly the learning process, right? It's saying, 
I need to recognize what I stand to learn or to gain by engaging in a particular topic. Help me understand how to do that and sift through the myriad of voices and perspectives and insights and commentary on said thing. Uh, and then what do you do with that? And it's so great to hear you break it down that way. Uh, and so, Sarah, I'll, I'll pivot and ask you this question then as I'm listening to Chris share that. What I'm hearing there, I guess, are the needs that I feel like we as a society could benefit from so much in terms of dialogue and investing in really looking at all sides of a topic and getting the right information and not just the fake news. Uh, and so could you speak to that, I guess, a little bit how this is not just... I would assume this hasn't just evolved in this direction just because, I mean, it really seems like we're trying to address the needs of the present moment. Right. I, I think what's interesting is school librarians have been addressing this idea of information literacy and media literacy uh, for years now. I mean, when I first started as a librarian, that was a big component of our research class that we took. So we've been addressing it for a long time. And I think that it's bubbling to the surface now. We're seeing it reflected in society more than ever before. So we know that it is so critical that we really build these skills with our students, starting, like Chris said, when they are very young. Um, we need to talk with our little ones about the difference between what they're seeing on TV and what's real in real life. We can talk about a book we're reading and how they can tell if it's true or false. So we can build those skills when they're really young and hopefully we'll start to see those reflected in society on a greater level too. Uh, you know, Andrew, there is a, a study by a Stanford group that they've done repeatedly that has shown that high school students and college students both are really terrible at telling the difference between real information, real news, and paid promotions. And, you know, it's that difference between real news and fake, fake made up stuff out there. And over and over and over again, they've shown that young adults right now, currently in 2020, are horrible at that. And so then that becomes our job as school librarians is to give kids the skills that they need, arm them with a whole variety of, of strategies for them to go out into the world so that they know what to do when they see a headline, when they read an article, what do they do in order to confirm it, to think about it critically, to understand the perspective or the bias behind that information. And so we really have to teach our kids to be fact checkers and to give them those powerful strategies that are quick and easy, but reliable in terms of knowing I can trust this, or I know that this information has a certain perspective or bend or bias behind it. And I, I think that's some of our most important work right now. I think there's also in addition to the Stanford study, there's also a recent study that was just published just a month or so ago about how the people who are most confident in their abilities to distinguish between fake news and real news are actually the least capable of doing that. So again, it, it speaks to the importance of that work that we do as librarians to teach students about this process and how it's not easy to do, so. 
And, and it carries over, sorry, it carries yeah. over to the classroom teachers that we work with too. As we're working with our students, we are working with other professional teachers as well who are also in the same boat as the rest of us, maybe lacking those new skills that we really need to be discerning users of information. And so we're also teaching our teachers how to do that with their students, but also for themselves in their own lives as well. And what would you, okay. So when I think about fake news, these things have been put together to look authentic, right? And so that, that is obviously one of the chief reasons why people fall into that kind of trap. But, but what I'm hearing here too, hubris maybe has a role in this. And, and from your experience then with students and with working with adults as well, what is it that makes this such a challenge? Uh, is it just lack of patience? Is it about a lack of knowledge about what these look like or what to look for? Uh, yeah, maybe take a moment to tease out what is working against us here. Uh, first of all, I think it's the filter bubble that surrounds all of us. You know, we look for information that confirms our beliefs. And that is something that we all naturally do. We all lean towards information that we want to believe is true or would, well, would you say that it's affirming that, our, it's affirming our suspicions or beliefs or, I mean, this is probably not, this isn't entirely related, but like, it's like when you go on WebMD and all of a sudden you're going to self-diagnose with the thing that you were most afraid of. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's absolutely. Called con- it's called confirmation bias. Yes. Confirmation so, yeah. bias. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. That's why she's a doctor. Um, <laughs> but also, it's also truly is that, that filter bubble because Google and the search engines that we use with frequency, they look at all of the things that we read and we click on and they feed us what they think we want to see. So if I am a strong believer in you know, whatever it is out there, Google is going to recognize that and feed me more and more information that confirms that belief. And so it it does get tricky for people to, first of all, understand the ways in which we are manipulated by big media to see information. And then how do we get the habits that will help us constantly question and dig deeper into those headlines and the information that we see. I think we can also add in there that almost as a a little bit of a precursor to that, that we have, you know, this idea of info whelm, basically. We have so much information at our fingertips. And another reason why we need educated, qualified school librarians is to help us find the sources that are going to be trustworthy and reliable so we can tune out the noise from the other sources. And I, that kind of goes back to that idea of patience that um, some people don't have the patience to dig past the very first couple results on Google and to find something that maybe is more reliable and less sensational or from a different perspective. But that is another reason why we need really talented school librarians to help us manage this vast amount of resources that we have at our fingertips. And when you were sharing there too, you were talking about teasing out essentially the credible sources from the ones that are not credible. And still within that, to I think our previous point that we were 
getting into with regards to information and, and what you access, how is it that librarians then help support classroom teachers with providing the multiple perspectives on uh, hot topics and, and things that where people are just naturally divided and, and to make that what you might consider to be fair or at least well a well representation of the various viewpoints. Is that some of the work as well? Absolutely. And again, that uh, not to hammer this point home too much, but another reason to have a qualified trained school librarian is because we take classes in both research. We take classes in managing collections. So we learn how to search out resources that include a variety of perspectives and that are reliable. We learn about different tools like databases like Chris picked out when she was working as the coordinator before. And then how to share those with our teachers and how to collaborate with them to integrate those sources into their classroom instruction. To confirm what Sarah is saying, I, I do agree. It's a major part of our work to be curators, finding that really good, really reliable, but also balanced and diverse perspectives, finding that, but then creating the access and that's the, that is the part that doesn't happen without a really good school librarian. We can have books on our shelves and we can have databases sitting on our websites, but it takes a really good teacher librarian to connect kids uh, powerfully to those ideas and help them see the importance of finding those multiple diverse perspectives. But it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by just telling kids to search on Google for whatever topic they're interested in. There has to be intentionality and again, collaboration with the classroom teacher to make sure that students are um, being led thoughtfully through that inquiry process. Well, I think sometimes too, when you think about a librarian and you're thinking about maybe this is somebody who works predominantly with English teachers or might be able to help in a pinch in social studies. Uh, but I do feel like that the role of the school librarian, right, like is there to be in support of a myriad of different subject matter specific conversations. And so can you speak to that too a little bit um, for those that might think that we're really just talking about research papers? Boy, we talk about all kinds of literacy when we're talking about information literacy, uh, and that includes every content area out there. So yeah, the kind of the low-hanging fruit is working with the English teachers and our, our social studies teachers. We love them, and we do great work with them, but we also do great work with our health teachers and our science teachers, and even our math teachers, if we think about ways in which we use information um, to talk about financial literacy and data literacy, those are all parts that the librarian can support a teacher in helping their students with. Well, and as you're talking there about literacy and and trying to think about that, even in terms of like a business course, like as you mentioned, and the need to be able to figure out how to navigate those disciplines, there is, a, and I would assume at all levels, but I think certainly at the, the elementary level, that literacy strategies that go into being able to just learn how to engage a text, right, and, and what to do with that. And so, yeah, Sarah, could you speak a little bit to, to that idea as far as the role that a librarian plays in teaching kids how to read? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, librarians are actually a, a major 
component in reading in schools. We know from previous research that's been done, Stephen Krishan did some research that showed that school libraries and qualified school librarians are one of the biggest factors in uh, having successful reading scores. The National Center for Educational Statistics has shown that when we lose school library positions, reading scores drop. So you can see from data that school librarians are a key component of teaching students to read. It's not just about helping them find those materials that they are interested in reading. We also talk with them about if they understand what they're reading, how to critically think and question while they are reading texts. How can they adjust if they are not being successful with a text? How can they find a text that meets their both needs and interests? And so we have a lot of different arenas that we end up talking with kids about reading, even how to read different formats of texts, how you read a nonfiction text is going to be different than how you read a fiction. How you read a graphic novel is different. Um, and some people think that a graphic novel is easy because it's all pictures, but you actually need to be taught how to navigate through that text. And that is something we call visual literacy too. So we actually have our hands in many areas with regards to reading. And to expand on that just a little bit is we learn more and more about the science behind reading and the science behind learning to read. Two things come into play. One is that the more reading a student does, the better reader they, they become. I mean, that, that seems kind of obvious, right? Practice makes perfect. I know. We know that that reading has to extend beyond the hours of the school day. And so one essential thing that our librarians do is connect students to the right leveled material that piques their interest and lights their little imaginations on fire and gets them reading beyond the school day. That is important. The other piece that we know about the science of reading is that the more background information a student has on a topic, the better reader they will be. So a student who is, let's say, a less advanced reader, if they have a lot of background knowledge about, say, baseball, they know tons about baseball, they'll be able to read more difficult text and understand more difficult text because of their background on that topic. Well, libraries are perfect places for students to expand their background knowledge. I mean, we can't take kids on more field trips and we can't make up for the years between zero and three, you know, before they went to preschool, we can't make up for any of that, but we can give them lots of opportunities to build background and to become better readers because of that. Yeah. And that's such a critical piece. I know. Yeah. Even with my own kiddos, my, my daughter ha has had her struggles with reading, but you're right. And that the more that she can find things that she at least has some context for, uh, she does tend to get into that a little bit easier and therefore like it, which then just perpetuates her interest in, in going through a text. And so uh, really grateful to uh, our librarians who like, I love what you said there, that they, they spark that fire within learners to really start to get that passion for reading because that's important. 
So there's so much that we could talk about over the course of this conversation with all the different things that school librarians do. And one thing I'd be remiss not to ask some questions about is uh, with regards to technology. Uh, and I know it is often the case that school librarians tend to be at the forefront of whatever is the latest tech tool that's out there or resource and as such, end up really serving as sort of a liaison as a professional developer or someone that can kind of connect you with the resources to help you as a classroom teacher grow. So can we kind of speak a little bit more to, to that role that our school librarians play as well? What have you seen and, and what does that look like? Well, if you think back historically, our librarians were the first technology teachers, right? When a school got their very first computer, where did it go? It went to the library. And so our librarians have long been leaders in technology and really at the forefront of integrating technology into instruction. And so, you know, now 20 plus years later, it's our school librarians in many, many districts that have taken on the role of identifying the very latest and best instructional technology tools and then side by side with a classroom teacher, helping them learn that tool while teaching with that tool, helping facilitate instruction and not only leading the students, but also leading their colleagues in learning how to use that technology powerfully and to get the most juice out of the squeeze for whatever that technology is. So our librarians have always had their foot in technology. Also, I think it's important to realize that in smaller districts, districts may not have a librarian and a technology specialist necessarily. And it's that librarian who they wear many hats and they have lots of specialties. And often one of those specialties is all of the technology training and management for that district. Yeah, and I think you can see when you look at school library preparation programs that we certainly put an emphasis on technology as well as our other more traditional library-focused classes. Um, we talk about not just the tools and what's out there, but also the pedagogy behind them. So going back to our idea that you know we are first and foremost teachers, we talk about how to actually use the tool in a powerful way because we know we can't just throw a tool at students and it's going to make a difference in their learning. We actually have to talk about how the goals match with the tool and how we can assess and see how our students are using the tool to grow in their own learning. So it is a very important idea. We're seeing more and more librarians too becoming leaders in the STEM field and, you know, setting up STEM labs in their libraries and working with their math and technology and science teachers to build STEM skills um, among the students. So it is definitely an area that I think our librarians excel in. This boils down to librarians just having a love for learning themselves, right? They're, they're willing to sort of take on all these other disciplines and initiatives. And do you feel that in your support of other librarians as they're coming up in this world with all these demands that we're talking about here? I absolutely feel that, Andrew. And I think librarians are 
motivated by questions, right? We're all about the questions, whether they're the big questions or the little questions or the really interesting questions that you just are dying to find out the answer to just because, but we're all about the why and the question, right? And it does touch on every single learning area and curriculum topic out there. And that's at least what's always inspired me as a librarian. And I think people who uh, maybe have the conception that a librarian is going to sit around and read all day is so sorely mistaken because we are up and about, again, finding out all those answers. We're helping students figure this out. We're helping our staff do this. We're finding resources for students. So it's all about the quest, I think, in trying to get everybody exactly what they need to succeed. And it's very akin to personalized learning, right? We are helping our students find that information that connects personally to them, right? That answers their questions, that meets their needs, and hopefully leads them down the path of of further learning. But it's very student-centered and individual-centered as well. And I think that's one of the most delightful parts of serving as a teacher librarian. Yeah. And from my personalized lens and poke that bear and I get really excited to talk about it, but I, uh, yes, like topically it's like with your answer there, Chris, that you're trying to connect them with the content or the topics that they're interested in. But I also see it too in, and you alluded to it with your remark, but it's that teach a student to fish, right? Like that it's more so uh, even to personalize in a way that you're saying, okay, I'm going to teach you how to do this so that you can have the, the skills and the perspective necessary to do this independent of adult supervision and somebody else taking out three of the steps for you where you can be a lifelong learner. And so that's really great work that uh, is going on there. And I, I'd be remiss to, to not bring this up too, as you were sharing a moment ago, imagine what this does for school culture when your librarian is just on fire and answering questions and really pushing into things like STEM and digital uh, literacy and all these topics, right? Like to have somebody that can go into any classroom, interacts with teachers and is somebody who is leading from that place. Um, Can you speak to that as well? Um, Absolutely. You know, our libraries are the one places in our school buildings that serve every kid across grade levels, across interest levels, across classes, they serve every kid. And we know that a library program is thriving and doing well when kids are excited and motivated to be in that space. And there's tons of different ways that we do that. Yes, we make the academic connections and we help them with their homework and we help them find the right books. But of equal importance is the ways in which our librarians help kids connect with each other and to find those people that will become their people, to help them uncover their common interest and to give them a place to, you know, explore uh, their common interests. Our libraries are great places for culture building within our our schools. Um, They really are a reflection of what our schools value, of how our schools invite and and respect and treat students. Our librarians are essential in building a positive school culture. 
And librarians also build bridges, right? Because we, again, like Chris said, we try and connect students with each other. We try and connect students outwardly to society. And, you know, that's another role that we take on when we're talking about what to do with that information that we're gathering. We also build bridges between staff, whether it's, you know, oh, this project I could see connecting with this person's project and we can do them all together or in just being a source of information for faculty, being a liaison between the administration and the faculty. Librarians are very much those bridge builders and those connection builders. And that also helps strengthen your school culture. You know, we serve our honors students in the same way we serve our special needs students. We serve our academic kiddos the same way we serve our skate and our gamers and our wrestlers and our, you know, any niche of that school community, we serve. And it is exciting and it is a challenge and it is some of the best work that we do in finding ways to connect with every kid, every niche of the building. And to advocate for them and their needs. Absolutely. Gosh, so grateful. And this is why I wanted to have the two of you on because I can tell that you just have such a big heart for this topic. And I do think that it's important to update our perspective as adults of all that the role of school librarian entails uh, in today's contemporary, as you said earlier, school setting. And so with all of that said, half hour goes real quick all the time. And I say it every week. But uh, I will ask, I guess, here as we kind of bring our conversation to a close, what have I not brought up yet? Or what is uh, maybe a parting message that you might uh, have to, to leave us with uh, after what's been a, a really insightful conversation? Um, I always like to yeah, leave a little space. So, uh, Sarah, what, what would you like to share? Well, we didn't talk about this earlier, so. <laughs> um, but I think it's really important that people learn to to toot the horns of their school librarians, so to speak, because, you know, as we've talked about, we're kind of combating this stereotype of what school librarians used to do and used to be. And so a lot of times we have some amazing things going on in our schools and classroom teachers deservedly get a lot of focus and a lot of attention for what they're doing but our school librarians are working really hard too and doing really great things too. So if you haven't been in a school library recently, I encourage you to stop in sometime, especially now that we're a little safer to to go see other people now. Um, Stop into a school librarian and talk to a school librarian and see what life is like there and what they're doing on a daily basis. Spread the word around because we need our qualified school librarians in every school. And it's a great message, I think, to share with people. I second Sarah's message of making sure if you have not been in a school library in the last few years to to go see what is happening in your school libraries, because chances are it is really great work. And if you wonder, if you're wondering what is my school librarian doing? What are they teaching in the school library? Go and check out our national school library standards. There's a whole set of standards that define um, the important work that school librarians do. And uh, I think a lot of people are, are a little astonished 
when they see the amount of rigor and the kind of content that our work impacts. And so check it out. Our librarians are doing really important and uh, great work out there. And if you aren't seeing it for yourself, then step out of your box and, and go check it out. Gosh, I'm grateful that you joined us for the podcast today because hopefully in a small way, this will capture some of that. And then, as you said, kind of a call to action, step into a school library, uh, go look up the standards and get a better sense of if you're in a classroom practitioner right now listening to this, how you could reach out and, and the ways in which you, you might be able to collaborate, co-teach and be best supported by that librarian that's within your school. And so Thank you so much, Sarah uh, and Chris, for uh, sharing all your insights with us today. Really uh, just grateful for that and the opportunity to capture this uh, and share it out with others. And so thanks for your leadership. Thank you for the opportunity to talk, Andrew.